The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you in the business locker room. This is Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for joining us. You know you can always find us at bizlockerradio.com. For those of you joining us on Periscope, great to have you on board. A little behind the scenes look at what we do here and uh, what goes on on the show. we got a great show lined up for you today. Can't wait to get to that. And if you're looking for business and cutting edge business ideas that you can use today. This is absolutely the place to be. It is a show with compelling conversations, useful content that's going to make a difference. If you're looking to improve your business performance, this is a show for you. We've got experts in sales and marketing and social media, business strategy, leadership, and much, much more. Today is absolutely no different. Biz Locker Radio. I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. And uh, you can find, as I mentioned, you can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. I hope you do what I do. I mean, we have such great guests and so much fabulous content that I, I just go on iTunes. I download it onto my iPhone, and then I hook up on my uh, in my car through Bluetooth, and I listen to the shows over and over. There's so much content, so much good stuff. I want to make sure you find it. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, just got these in the mail. If you're watching on Periscope, you can see this. I uh, got this from Jeb Blunt. He's personally signed some books, sent them into us. He was a guest on the show. His latest book, People Buy You, The Real Secret to What Matters Most in Business by Jeb Blunt of SalesGravy.com. want to give that to you if you're on Periscope. All you have to do is go on iTunes, find us, Business Locker Room Kelly Riggs, rate and review the show, send me an email, I'll send you a book. No charge, no shipping, no nothing. And this is a great book, by the way. Loved having Jeb on the show. Going to have him back in October. You want to mark your calendars, the month of October. All four episodes in that month are going to be sales-driven, sales-oriented. I'm really excited to do that as well. Well, as I mentioned, show number 63, and we got great stuff coming down the line. Mike Kunkel will join me next week. And if you don't know the name Mike Kunkel and you're in the world of sales, then you're not very connected. Mike Kunkel, one of the most technically gifted guys I've seen in terms of selling and sales training, and we're going to talk a lot about sales next week. That'll be one that you'll want to bookmark and make sure you join us. The week after that, Steve Baker from The Great Game of Business. And that is a fabulous book. And I cannot wait to get that guy online. He is uh, one of the executives at The Great Game of Business. And on and on it goes. Fantastic guests down the road. We're excited to be in our second year now 
with Voice America and BizLocker Radio going to undergo a little bit of changes in terms of some of the things you hear and identity and our promos and those kinds of things. I'm excited to get that started. Show page is beginning to look a little different as well. Today's show is called Touch Point Marketing, and it features uh, a guy that I ran into uh, at the airport. Actually, it was kind of crazy. I was in Chicago and ran into a gentleman by the name of Jeff Marcou. Turns out he is the CMO lead for worldwide marketing, worldwide enterprise marketing at Microsoft. And he was there for, I think, an Internet Marketing Association event. And we got to talking in line at the cab stand, waiting uh, for a cab. And it turns out Jeff comes from the marketing, automation, and consulting industry. He's a marketing growth hacker. He brings entrepreneurial innovation to a big tech world. He's been to the University of Washington. God, don't tell Miles Austin that. I'll never hear the end of it. He's got his MBA in leadership, and he is currently sitting on the board at the Internet Marketing Association. I'm really excited to have him on today. We're going to talk marketing. We're going to talk about touch points in your organization. Jeff Marcoux, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Really excited to be here. Uh, just uh, excited to share with your listeners and everybody here on uh, marketing touch points. And yeah, actually, we met at the for the Business Marketing Association that was in, in uh, Chicago there. But yeah, really excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Business Marketing Association. I know you were speaking there, and you do a lot of presentations. But tell me a little bit about the Internet Marketing Association. I see you guys have over 1 million professional members in that association. You sit on the board. Tell me what that organization does and how you get involved. Yeah, so uh, the Internet Marketing Association is one of the fastest up-and-coming marketing associations around. We we really focus on the future of marketing and digital and and touch points there. Yeah, just like you said, over 1.2 million members around the globe. We, We really reach out across education, to uh, working with policymakers and governments around the globe to help them understand the impact of marketing and what's going on there. And, and we do a lot of work in, in our community, giving back as well as promoting women and leaders in, in that space as well. So it's a great association where we've come out and recognized that, that there's a lot of associations that hawk stuff, but not a lot of associations that necessarily give a, a lot of value out. And so uh, definitely check us out, imanetwork.org. And membership is free, uh, no no cost to sign up there, and, and a lot of great content, great speakers. We've got our big association event coming up at the end of September where we've got a huge list of heavy hitter speakers. you got to go check that out. Really excited about it. Yeah, if you're in the marketing world, that's definitely a place to be. And I notice you guys do a podcast as well. I suspect there's some great stuff there. Yeah, exactly. We, we hear from leaders all over the world, from startups to uh, CMOs on a very number of topics. So, again, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, you can uh, hit the website at imanetwork.org or check out our event website at impact15.org. We'll be in Vegas, and this is a party you don't want to miss. Absolutely right. Hey, if you're just joining us, Jeff Marcoux is on the line, and we're going to talk about touchpoint marketing. If you're in the marketing world, uh, clearly you want to be a part of the Internet Marketing Association. But Jeff comes up to us from Microsoft. He's a CMO lead for worldwide enterprise marketing. I, I suspect that there is an enormous organization inside of Microsoft uh, that, that deals with marketing. Kind of give us a sense of what you do in Microsoft and, and how you contribute. Yeah, so so I wear I wear many, many hats. Uh, the board member role there, uh, teach marketing as well, and, and then the Microsoft hat. And so people kind of, they look back, and, and at Microsoft, it, I, I have probably one of the most fun jobs around today. Uh, my job is to get to look across everything that Microsoft has in its portfolio and figure out 
how can we help marketers uh, excel? So that's everything from what is the future of things like band and HoloLens uh, in, in holographics in that space to our, our launch of Windows 10 today, one of the most secure and frankly awesome. We were just at our sales and marketing conference last week, and I'm personally really excited about this uh, this new OS system that, that's coming out there. So super pumped about that. Uh, so Windows 10, all the way through to things like predictive marketing, predictive machine learning, Internet of Things, how can we change uh, the world around us to enhance customer experiences to, frankly, make them want to buy more stuff from us, right? Uh, and, and so when, when the customer experience is better, uh, people want to buy more, and it just makes everybody's life better. We stop spamming people, and we start delivering value and service, which is where I want to be. So I've got one of the most fun jobs, I think, uh, in the world, and especially at Microsoft. You know, it's interesting, the Canadian market, Jeff, is they have really passed some very strident and stringent uh, bans against spam, and I mean, they're really going after it in a big way. Do you see that happening here in the States as well? I think we're seeing it happen globally. Um, you know, there there was the uh, the Castle Law there um, that, that you referenced. We've seen it happen in Europe around uh, cookie tracking and, and lots of different things in that space. The right to be forgotten law with Google and what information is out there on you. I, I think we're going to continue to see it. And that's, frankly, that's some of the work that we do with the Internet Marketing Association is working just to educate policymakers, uh, not lobbying, but, but just education around uh, a multi-billion dollar business in what is internet marketing that could be you know, heavily impacted based off of one bad event there. But I think we're going to see it continue to, to shift there. Uh, it is, frankly, people see the value of their data, and, and we get too many emails and spam as it is, right? And, and so I think it, it comes to the, the fact that brands have got to step up. They've got to step up and they've got to start delivering value in exchange for communication and in exchange for information. So I think we're going to see a big shift coming here in the future as, as people are trying to crack social even more, probably mobile being one of the most cutting-edge uh, areas where people need to take a look at. So, yeah, I, I think it's coming, but I think it, it's up to the brands to step up and, and kind of start adding more value. You bet. We're going to turn our attention to marketing in just a moment. Before we get there, I want to ask for, for my own personal knowledge, and I, and, we, and I hear this a lot from people. You know, even though there's all of the law and all of the legislation against spam, all of our email inboxes are absolutely jam-packed. We have to have spam filters, and this stuff just never seems to stop. What, what is even the impact of, of legislation and laws? I mean, is, for a guy like me who has no clue, what's happening behind the scenes? I mean, are we chasing down some of these people? Is that even possible? Or is this um, sort of smoke and mirrors? Uh, yeah, so um, there, are, there are parts around it where it's up to the individual. If, they're, if a brand is breaking a law, things like that, where, where you're able to report them out and there are fines and penalties associated with that stuff. Also, we've seen the huge push in terms of consumer power where brands are now required by law to give you the ability to opt out. We're also seeing online services um, come out like Unroll Me, uh, Unroll.me, where you can pay to actually help you reduce the number of newsletters you've signed up for because most people are probably like me where they just go through and click delete uh, through a bunch of their emails every day and never even open them. Uh, but what we're really starting to see, though, too, in, in particular around spam and spam bots in, in the space is that there are uh, governments are going after them. Uh, Microsoft, actually, we have a cyber crimes lab where just not too long ago we took down the biggest spam bot in the world, and uh, the spam world has never recovered from it, uh, which is fantastic, and, and we're really, really proud of that. So 
uh, we're seeing stuff behind the scenes. There's fines and legislation. There's kind of self-policing going on. And then also the email service providers are keeping an eye on this stuff and looking for complaints and red flags as well. But uh, it kind of crosses the whole spectrum there. Man, it is amazing how much spam you get. You just oftentimes think you're swimming upstream. Well, let's talk marketing. Marketing is often thought of in terms of promotion and advertising, but marketing is, as you know, uh, much better than I, I suspect, uh, is all of that and quite a bit more, including brand awareness and identity. In fact, anything and anyone that impacts the customer experience, we could call marketing. So with that in mind, the, the thing that you talk a lot about in your presentations is touch points, the places where customers come into contact with a brand, with an identity, uh, you know, an organization of some kind. And really, each of those points becomes an opportunity to reinforce or negatively impact that customer experience. Talk a little bit about that in general terms, then we're going to dig down a little bit. Yeah, so so my personal philosophy is, is that every touch point with the customer is marketing. That's from the first time that they see or hear about your brand from word of mouth to an ad uh, to that email that we were just talking about that shows up in your inbox randomly all the way through to how they experience your website, how they experience your sales team, and how they show up to the customer, all the way through to consuming the product, experiencing it, and, and then ultimately talking about it uh, is where we want them to get to. But every touch point with the customer directly impacts how they perceive your brand, how they'll talk about your brand or your product, uh, and ultimately if they're going to recommend it or not, and if they're going to abandon that in a year or less time than that. So uh, my perspective is every touch point matters with that customer and every touch point is marketing. Uh, and so it's just really important for us to think about that holistically across what I call the customer journey when, when brands are interacting with them. What kinds of tools do you guys typically try to implement or what do you talk about in your presentations? What are the kinds of tools that will align an organization across all those various touch points? I mean, I, I just think for instance, Jeff, I think about the car buying experience and the number of people that I can interact with that uh, go far beyond the salesperson. It can be someone that introduces me to someone, the person who answers the phone. It can be a service tech. It can be somebody in finance. You've got a salesman, a sales manager. How do you align all those pieces and parts? Can, can you do it predictably? Can you do it consistently? Uh, can, you, can you train for it? Yeah, that's actually a really, really good question. I think uh, is brands are trying to, to switch over to this concept we call customer centricity, really being customer first. Um, transformation in any brand is not just technology-based, right? It's, it's part technology, part process, and a huge part of culture around that. So first off, you've got to have a plan in place around each one of those. But going down to your question of the technology aspect, the, the core of any, any company's really beating heart is their CRM system, right? Their customer relationship management system. And there's a bunch of those out on the market. Uh, Microsoft has a great one called um, Microsoft Dynamics CRM. And so uh, probably that one and then Salesforce are probably the two most common that you'll hear about. But the biggest problem that we've run into is that these, these CRM systems have become the system of record. It's a place where you just track pipeline, where uh, sellers hate inputting information. They don't get much value out of it. Um, but in this transformation, in this world of, of the future of marketing and interaction, this is the beating heart of your organization. This is where you record every touch point that has occurred with the customer. How have they responded? Are they happy? Are they sad? Uh, so, so CRM is an absolute must. This becomes your 360-degree view of that customer. But how do you get there? 
So CRM's at the core. Uh, if you look forward and upstream a little bit, uh, this is where marketing automation tools come into play. Uh, and there's a whole plethora of these like HubSpot, Marketo, Dynamics Marketing, uh, many in the, in the marketplace there that are focused on that, that early upfront aspect of things like reaching out, communicating with people. You can go even a little bit earlier up the funnel to things like your advertising platforms as well as your social platforms. And all of these feed into this, this journey that we're trying to create that eventually feeds into CRM, right? So, hey, you heard about me on social. You saw a cool thing that I posted. You clicked on it. It took you to a page where you gave me your information. What do I do with that? You know, I can then send you some emails and, and social touch points around that holistically, then pulling you in eventually when you're uh, this concept. Uh, I'm a big proponent and, and fan of serious decisions. They're a great B2B marketing and sales organization, and they, they have a waterfall uh, aspect that they've designed and talk about. And so uh, eventually the person gets to this MQL or marketing qualified lead that then has to be vetted by sales, and then it becomes a sales-qualified lead. But all of that is tracked inside of the CRM system. But you've got to have all those data points coming in and, and consolidated. I think that's a huge part that brands struggle with is you have a lot of touch points with customers, but none of them are tracked, and there's no insight into it. Because that way, when like your car example there, when you come in to get uh, serviced uh, on your car because maybe you're having a problem or something like that, uh, the, the service counterperson should be able to pull up your account and see, oh, who talked to you? How long ago? How many times have you called in? Uh, have you complained about this car on social media? Oh, what's going on there? How quickly were we to respond? What you're doing by pulling all of these data points into one center of, of gravity there um, enables that next level of, of kind of customer interaction that, that you hinted to, which was that predictive aspect on it there. And, and I can talk predictive all day, but uh, essentially where, where we're trying to get to as brands is this world of we, we've had dashboards. Now we're getting into a little bit more advanced where we're, we're able to you know prioritize leads and sales and things like that based on uh, marketing automation and lead scoring and, and uh, propensity models uh, that, that you build out who's most likely to purchase. But where we're really heading to is this idea of prescriptive and, and predictive marketing and sales, where I'm actually able to identify and know that you need something before you even know it. Uh, and so we're seeing some amazing aspects like this fall into every part of the sales cycle all the way through uh, from marketing to sales to service after the fact. You know, it's really interesting. As I, as I listen to you go through this, I, I can I can see people in the audience grabbing their heads and saying, God, this just makes my head hurt. I mean, this, there is so much that going on. I mean, you, you know, you threw out a lot of stuff there all in, in, in one uh, lengthy paragraph, you know, all kind of, a lot of big terms, predictive analytics and, and uh, MQLs and SQLs and yada, yada, yada. You know, you, you come out of that, uh, that, that big box uh, environment of Microsoft. Can, can you make this make sense, um, Jeff, when you, when you talk about small business? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I think that's the, one of the coolest things that I've seen, right, is step back and just think about how you want to be treated as a customer, right? You don't want to, every time you interact with a brand, you don't want it to be the first time, right? Hey, I've been your customer for 10 years, and yet you treat me like this is the first time we've met. So think <laughs> about how you want to be treated. I think that's the best part to start from and to kind of build out from that. So it's, it's from that first touch point. What do you want that to be like? How do you want that to be experienced? Uh, and I, I, I teach for UC Irvine and work with a lot of small businesses on this stuff. And, and we just talk about this concept of personas and customer journeys. 
So personas really get into the fact of who is your customer? Who are your customers? Because the first mistake a lot of small companies make is um, they they say everybody, right? Ooh, I want everyone to buy from you. Well, that's, that's not the case, right? At the end of the day, you have a, a sub-segment of the population who wants to buy from you or who, who might buy your products. So really figure out who is your customers because those are the people you want to spend time with and on. Then from there, figure out how they would want to go through doing business with you. That's that journey aspect that I'm talking about. One of the first challenges I throw out to to any uh, conference or or group that I talk to is when was the, or well, first off, who has actually taken their own customer journey, right? From, From the first time they see a social post to when they purchase all the way through. You'll be surprised how many even CEOs have never taken that end to end journey of doing business with their company. So that'd be my first challenge here to, to all your listeners would be definitely go through and go through your own journey and, and look for where it's, it's bad and look for where you excel, you know? Uh, so, so kind of that, that's a big part there. And think about how you would want to go through and how you would want to be treated. If it's frustrating to get information, then it's frustrating for your customers. If it's frustrating to purchase, then it's frustrating again for your customers. And that's keeping money out of your, out of your wallet, out of your bank account, out of, out of your sales. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Jeff Marcoux is our guest. And by the way, let me spell that for you. M-A-R-C-O-U-X. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Marcoux. He's a CMO lead worldwide enterprise marketing for Microsoft. Great pleasure to have him here in the business locker room. We're going to take our first time out. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to pursue this. I want to dig down in the weeds a little bit in terms of small business. And if I'm feeling really brave, we might talk a little bit about predictive analytics. That's where it's going to get complicated. Hey, stay with us. This is BizLocker Radio on Voice America. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, one-on-one management, what every great manager knows that you don't, and quit whining and start selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the Business Locker Room. It is the Business Locker Room. This is Biz Locker Radio. Kelly Riggs, I'm your host. Find me online on Twitter at Kelly Riggs, of course. Find the web show page at bizlockerradio.com. And have we got some fantastic shows lined up for you. If you're a sales guy, you want to pay special attention to next week. My friend from Dallas, Mike Kunkel, will be joining us. And we're going to get, uh, we'll get technical. I mean, we'll get, we'll get into not only strategy but tactics. We'll get into some great stuff. One of the really bright guys you know in the world of sales. And if you're not following him, you will be after next week. This is a very, very smart guy. The week after that, we've got Steve Baker on board from The Great Game of Business. And it just goes and goes. We're booked up for quite a ways. Tim Wackel will join us. He's a sales guy. And by the way, special note, 
August the 24th, a gentleman by the name of Oren Kloff, K-L-A-F-F, will join us. He wrote a book called Pitch Anything. You you talk about a treat. This guy is a worldwide phenomenon. We're going to talk uh, to him in just several weeks right here on BizLocker Radio. So I'm excited about that. We're joined by Jeff Marcoux, and uh, he is a CMO lead at Microsoft. We've been talking about touch points and marketing inside of an organization. I keep dragging you back to the small business scenario, Jeff. I think that's important. A lot of our people are in that. But, you, you know, you've mentioned some tools You've mentioned CRM. You've mentioned marketing automation. How difficult is it for small business to implement these things and to implement them effectively? Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's something that there's there's varying levels of kind of complexity when it comes to these tools that are out there. Um, there's it can be as difficult as you want to make it. Uh, if you look for the big tools that the big guys are using, they pay a lot of money for, for what we call implementation, right? Getting the thing up and running. Right. But there are also a lot of simpler ones on the marketplace that are, that are very appropriate for, for smaller businesses that are out there. There are even ones for individual sellers. I, I use one personally called uh, Contactually that, that reminds me when I need to call people or follow up with people just simply because I have so many people in the network that I want to keep up to date. And, and so it's one I frankly use personally. It's kind of like my, my own CRM. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of great ones out there for varying sizes of, of businesses. And I think the, the key part on it is either to, uh, on the CRM side, is find one that has everything that you need or want it to do uh, with a little room to grow. The last thing you want to do is get a CRM implemented and then all of a sudden now grow it because your company is doing so well. Uh, so so that, that's definitely get one that will grow with you. But I also recommend kind of, Doing some upfront research and, and looking at them out there, you know some of the some of the ones I like for small businesses. Um, Microsoft Dynamics CRM I mentioned, uh, Infusionsoft is a great small business one out of uh, out of Arizona there, but they have built-in marketing automation and uh, CRM there, and in a, in a kind of a good get up and get going process. And then HubSpot's another one of my favorites. Uh, they kind of lean a little bit heavier on the marketing side. Just launched their own. Uh, CRM aspect to that, but uh, those are some of the ones that I like. There's even free versions out there, like Zoho is, is a free version out there. So get out there, kind of tinker with some of them. You may not get it right exactly, kind of your first go at it, but those are some of the ones. And, and there's always help uh, out there for the place. Sometimes you have to pay for it, sometimes it's free, but uh, definitely CRM is is beyond critical to get up and get going. On the marketing side of the house. Uh, there, again, are differing levels of how advanced and uh, you may want to do it. There are really simple tools on the social side, like one called Hootsuite that a lot of uh, small businesses use. They let you easily manage your, your Twitter and your Facebook aspects around that. Uh, you can you know, schedule posts and stuff like that. So that's a great one just to at least dip your toes in and, and get going. And, and that one will grow with you over time as, as you get going there. Um, on the marketing side there, on the email marketing and that, that aspect to it, again, huge, huge range of, of things that you can pick from. But uh, some of the simpler ones out on the marketplace today where it's just, hey, go in, here's a template, you know, pick your colors that you want that to be, insert your logo, and type the message that you want to send. Uh, right. There's some that are that simple. You know, it's like uh, MailChimp is a good one to take a look at. My Emma is another really simple one, Constant Contact. Those are kind of the more entry-level email marketing level uh, ones to take a look at there. And then they continue to advance. Again, I mentioned Infusionsoft and some others. But the core to me is think about 
what are you going through as a business? Uh, what's that journey? What are the points of communication that you want to put in place around that? And again, you can get as advanced as I kind of talked about earlier as you want to. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many choices out there. And I think that's one of the real challenges that small businesses face. But I, I like that you've drilled down to some actual pieces. I've heard contactually talked about quite a bit. HubSpot, they certainly have a CRM. It's free. Zoho's free as a CRM. And then you've got some relatively inexpensive pieces that you can tie into the marketing side. The the, the upper end stuff, uh, like Infusionsoft or HubSpot, I mean, they're, they're, that's the full boat. That's all the bells and whistles. But it, but what really interests me is that as a guy who works for Microsoft, here you talk about your own personal CRM and contextually, and these are the kinds of tools that just make sure that you stay in front of people the way uh, many times we'll just forget because we get so busy. So it's kind of interesting that you even go outside of your own frame of Microsoft Dynamics. Yeah, and the reason I do, so I have my Microsoft stuff, uh, like my Microsoft accounts and um, and contacts and everything that I work with, but because I, I teach, I, I'm on the board of the IMA, and I also work for Microsoft, my networks uh, and my, the people I need to be in front of all the time are not all in uh, Microsoft's database, per right. se, and so that's kind of why I've gone outside, and, and I have my own that, that I use, uh, and then we also have the company one that, that we use as well, and, and that's great because... Um, I, I have what we call executive briefings all the time where I'm talking to, to you know, Fortune 1000 leaders from across the globe and all kinds of different industries. And that's how I stay up to date with those individuals is by monitoring what's, what's the deal, uh, you know, what did my conversation with that account have impact on? You know, that's something I'm hugely interested in. How can I stay up to date with those guys? So I, I use both, but I also have varying networks. Uh, so that's, I have to keep them kind of delineated because of policy and some other stuff there as well. You know, if you're an average sales guy, Jeff, on the street, and w whether you're successful or just getting started, you're a veteran, you're brand new, whatever the case may be, I, th I think it's uh, pretty much given policy now that you've got to begin to create an online identity. Things like Twitter and some sort of blog posting or some sort of visibility uh, in, in the digital world is, is just non-negotiable at this point in time. You've got to build that credibility. Customers are out looking for people that can help them in the space that they're in. But, you know, it gets complicated in a hurry. You've mentioned just a few tools, and I could probably go 20 minutes just mentioning brands <laughs> and tools and marketing automation, sales automation, on and on and on and on it goes. If you're, you, I mean, clearly you're a guy right in the middle of this. You sit on the board of the Internet Marketing Association. Let's start with a small business that's just trying to get. So, in fact, here's a really great example. Uh, I think I shared this maybe on a show last week or the week before, but I was uh, I, I did some damage to my back. I just pulled some muscles in my back, found a very good local person to do a deep massage, deep tissue massage. It really, really helped. I didn't know exactly where they were. Somebody had referred me and I called them on the phone. Then I realized, well, they kind of gave me an address, but I don't know exactly the address. So I Googled them to find them. I looked on maps. I looked, they're, they're not there. I mean, that's, that's gotta be extraordinarily rare. But if I was going to go to someone like that and say, Hey, Here's how you need to get started. What would your suggestion be as a guy who's on the inside of the Internet Marketing Association? <laughs> yeah, the first thing is be discoverable. Um, yeah, no question, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, the first thing to me when I when I talk to to brands and, and work with small businesses is the first is a web presence is de facto today, and that can be your your web presence, depending what your business is, can be as simple as if you don't want to invest in it as a Yelp. Site or or a review site like uh, like Google reviews that are out there where you just 
take it over and, and manage it. I've seen a lot of companies do that on things like TripAdvisor for the tourism industry where at least you're findable. But I, I highly recommend creating your own site. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of great tools out there. You don't have to hire a web designer to do it. Uh, there are tools like uh, everything from Webly to Wix to Squarespace to many, many others that are out there. But you don't have to be a web designer to build a website. The counter to that is most of those that I mentioned will automatically have a mobile optimized site, just like you. You were on your way there, and you're going, where the heck are these guys? Well, you're accessing it from your mobile device. And Google now actually penalizes you if you are not uh, mobile friendly. So pick one that's friendly. Those three that I mentioned there are, are all automatically uh, friendly just as you build it, which is fantastic. Uh, but at least get a web presence going. That way you're controlling what you want the market to hear to some extent, right, uh, in terms of social and, and in those places. Then I think, I think a great thing to look at, brands that do this really well, are food trucks. They're all over the place, right? These guys are moving from block to block to block every single day, if not two to three times a day, yet they're discoverable. And how have they done that? Well, they've done that a lot through social, right, where their website may simply be their Facebook page, and then it's complemented by Twitter, uh, and, and so I think the big thing is, is just getting discoverable. And so I highly recommend having a website, uh, definitely identifying which social platforms are right for your business or for you as a salesperson from that aspect of uh, I'm a firm believer in Twitter and then pending if you're in business to business or business to consumer, uh, Facebook or, uh, again, um, LinkedIn is a big part there. And then there's sure. new ones coming out every single day. Uh, I've seen amazing work done uh, in marketing with Snapchat. It's not just for you know bad, risque things. It's actually a fantastic marketing platform if, if used the right way. So it's, it's really identifying where your users are, where your customers are, the people that you want to be your customers. Speaking of tools uh, online, let, let me take a right turn for just a minute, a little bit of a detour. Jeff Marcoux is my guest, and he is a CMO lead for Worldwide Enterprise Marketing. Is, is Instagram a tool... Uh, that that can be used in business to business, or is that more of a B two C type of uh, platform to use? I mean, are are there ways to use it in a business to business application that makes some sense? Yeah, actually, there's two that I've been uh, I've had some fun with here recently. Uh, Instagram as well as Pinterest, believe it or not. Um, and, and what what's interesting on the Instagram side is it's about the experiences that you that you create on um, things like. Uh, sharing conferences, sharing those tweetable moments, anything that you feel compelled to take a photo of. Like if you just had a great uh, business meeting and you want to push that out there to share, uh, again, some stuff you need to keep confidential, other stuff you want to share, where you just signed the killer deal with an amazing client, well, sure, taking a you know a selfie on Instagram and posting that out there could potentially help your business, right? It's credibility. We just signed this customer. You want to push other people like them to, to engage you. Others, though, right, competitively, you don't want to share. So you need to be very conscious about that. I think conferences are a great location to leverage image-driven tools as you go out there um, and, and just using it as a point to turn business social. Uh, if we think back in the day, uh, the reason that we came out with things like industry and territories was because that's who you knew, right? That was social selling back in the day. Uh, was was if I'm in an industry, I should probably know people in my industry. If I was in a geography, chances are I know people in in that geography. Social selling shifted today to to there aren't really those borders anymore, right? My network is global. Yours is global. When you when you look at that, and so how 
how can we do social selling of today and turn business into that social aspect? Because I don't know about you, but I prefer to do business with people I get along with and I'd like to go hang out with. Um, I, it, those are honestly the people I'm most of the time going to choose to to pick because if I got to spend time with you, I'd, I'd rather enjoy it. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of my take on that. Hey, we've got just a few minutes left, about four minutes before our next break. Let's uh, let's go cutting edge and let's get up on top. Let's talk about predictive analytics. Oh my gosh, that, that word makes people's heads spin. But what you're talking about is is acquiring enough data that we can get a sense of what people are going to do before they actually do it because we, we've got enough data that suggests that's exactly what's going to happen. How, how does that come into play on the marketing side? And, th- and then my follow-up is going to be how do we make that transition on the sales side? So let's, let's start there. Predictive analytics on the marketing side. How do we make that happen? Yeah. So, uh, so again, it's all about your data. Uh, and, and what are you tracking? You know, if you're a small business or, or any business, you should be at least tracking website kind of traffic at a bare minimum. There's free tools out there like Google Analytics, and there's ones you can pay for that, again, you can get as expensive as you want. Uh, so it's all about initially pulling in that data. Some of the, the places where we've talked about and, and engaged kind of around predictive, people are, are fairly familiar with. Uh, things like we've all shopped on Amazon, right? And, and you've seen the thing that says, hey, people who looked at this also looked this, or people who bought this or, or looked at this ultimately purchased that, or these things were purchased together. Well, what that's doing is that's actually turning around and focusing, trying to drive more sales by having things that naturally make sense together. So we actually at Microsoft have uh, we've built out uh, a recommendation engine like that that any small business could get up and get running in, in a matter of hours, if not minutes. Uh, our, our guys can actually do it in upwards of 20 minutes to get that thing going. Um, so there's simple things like that on, on that front side. That data can also turn around and do things like website customization, where where your website then changes based on who the person is or are they returning or what if they looked at on their email and things like that. So predictive starts to funnel into that into that space, things like recommendation engines and that aspect to it. Another big part that I like to focus on is on that customer churn aspect, right? If you're in a business-to-business world uh, and you you have customers who maybe they're not loving your product anymore or, or they're looking at a competitor's product, uh, we call that churn, right, when somebody's going to leave your, your business. Uh, we actually we built out, again, a very simple one that's available for, to people today that they can go out and purchase these uh, on, on our website there. It's uh, gallery.azureml.net is actually where you can see all these different things that are out there. Um, but there's a churn analytics aspect there. You asked about the sales process one, and that's where it starts to get really interesting. We were talking about the kind of marketing qualified, the sales qualified lead. Um, this is this is where marketing can really come in and help a lot. Uh, again, it all varies a little bit on your data and, and what's going on there, but uh, we have this, com- this, I mentioned this big phrase earlier called propensity modeling. Basically, it's a big word to, base, uh, to say who's most likely to buy from you. And it will it'll stack rank all of the leads in your funnel based on uh, varying different data sets and, and what data you have available to you. But it's called the buyer propensity model. And so you're actually able to take all of your leads and everything that's in your funnel. It doesn't have to come from marketing. This could already be in your sales funnel. And right. look at it, analyze it, and tell you, hey, you should call this person first. You should call this person second. And I believe you're 80% likely to close that deal. And in uh, that way, as a seller, what you're able to do is spend your time in the most valuable way possible, right? Don't burn your time 
on the things that are going to take a long time to close. Unless you have no other leads coming in, at that point you need to talk to marketing because they're not doing their job. Uh, <laughs> but but you you should always have a cream of the crop set of leads, uh, and and you should be able to identify those. Versus right now, the way a lot of businesses work is marketing gets somebody to sign up and they throw it over the wall and say, hey, your sales, and, and sales says, hey, your leads are really bad, but I need more of them because there's no way to prioritize, and I just, you know, I need somebody to call. I need somebody to reach out to. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest ways that, that I've seen that is on, in the lead scoring side, the propensity building. Um, and then there's a lot of different ways that that can come in as well uh, into play there. Your leads are bad, but I need more of them. <laughs> Man, I tell you, how many times have I heard that? You guys, I need better leads. Your leads are terrible. Yeah, I, I wonder if that has anything to do with your ability as a salesperson. It's always marketing's fault, Jeff. You know that, right? <clears throat> Oh yeah, well we all blame each other, right? These are two. Uh, <laughs> of course, the, 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 perf- the perfect trifecta is marketing, right? Doesn't like IT and sales doesn't like marketing, and then they all butt heads uh, all, all the time there. But this is one of the great things that I've seen around kind of this immersion of of analytics in, in between sales and marketing. There is, and it, it's one of the things I recommend to any CMO, any new marketer who comes into a business, uh, is sit down with your head of sales and say, hey. Let's get this right. Like, let's get this fixed. We've got these amazing things that we can now do called lead scoring, which, right, if we can agree on when is somebody, when do we think somebody is ready to have a a conversation with sales? I can now do things like email nurture and other things that are out there that that person continues to engage until they reach that threshold, until they're ready to be handed to sales. And if I've got that agreement with sales, that then means that sales is, has said, great, you know, when that person reaches that level, I will now take them and qualify them because I agree with you that they are ready now to have that sales qualification conversation. Now we've got this handshake agreement. Now marketing's got some guidance as to what's going on. Now see, sales sees value in what marketing is doing. But now imagine I take that to even the ne- that next level where we were talking about the predictive side of a lot of lead scoring today is done just based off of opinion, where uh, somebody opens an email, oh, that's worth five points. So they go to the website, oh, that's worth one point. Or they, uh, they, they watch a webinar, oh, that's worth 100 points, right? Get them over to sales immediately because they watched a webinar. Well, that may not be the case uh, as, as we look at that. And that's where that propensity modeling comes in, that, that predictive stack ranking. So that even though they might be, they might have hit the lead score threshold. Even out of those, there's people who are more likely to convert for a seller than others. So, so it's it's a great aspect, and I think the the people who will be successful are the people who nail that sales and marketing agreement, and they become friends versus butting heads at the end of the day. Yeah, that's great stuff. Jeff Marcoux has been our guest. He's from Microsoft. And I tell you what, it's been quite the education. And if you're in small business and if you're not paying attention to these kinds of things, you're rapidly going to get left behind. There's so many tools and they are available for the small business enterprise. By the way, that reminds me, my good friend Miles Austin will join us after the break for the X's and O's segment. We'll talk about one of those tools as we always do, the kind of tools that make you better. Hey, Jeff, great stuff, man. Really appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll do it again. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Yeah, that's fantastic stuff. We're going to take a short time out. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll make some sense of all that. We'll get Miles online, let him drop in his two cents. He's a tools guy. But stay with us. This is the Business Locker Room. You're listening to Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. You'll find us at bizlockerradio.com. And by the way, I threw this out earlier. If you're on uh, Periscope, you can see the book. And if you're just listening in, I don't care if you're on the podcast. Yeah, we do this live on Mondays at 3 p.m. every Monday. But uh, I got a stack of books in from my good friend Jeb Blunt, who joined us on the show. People Buy You, and his other book is People Follow You. These have actually been autographed. I don't. He says it has. That looks like chicken scratch to me, but I'm going to take his word for it. But man, these are great books. If you'd like to have one of these absolutely free, if you're listening to the podcast, doesn't matter. All you got to do is go on iTunes, find us, do a rating and review of the show, say what you think about the show, and send me your email. Say, hey, Kelly, I did a rating and review on the show. Send me that book from Jeb Blunt. I'm going to do that. We turn our attention to the X's and O's segment. My good friend Miles Austin on the line. He joins us from uh, sunny Seattle. Is that right? Is it sunny up there? Cloudy. Cloudy. Well, we don't have that problem here. It's called hot and hotter with more hot in the forecast. 110 degree index hot, that kind of thing. So you guys are, you know, you probably have it easy up there where you're at. But I'm sitting here with a smug look on my face, Kelly. No, that's just ridiculous if you think about it. I mean, that we have to endure this kind of heat while you guys get to enjoy. Well, I guess that's because we chose to live here, right? That's right. Hey, you've got a great uh, a great tool on board for us today. I'm, I'm excited. To, I've been checking this out. It's called Pick, and you can find it online at pick.co. Pick.co. Tell us what it does. Well, Kelly, what Pick does, and there's several other approaches to this. What Pick does. It helps solve the complete waste of time that we all spend trying to coordinate a time to meet with others that we need to meet with in our business, in our personal lives, or both. So what PIC does, it's, a, it's an iPhone or an uh, Apple app available in the, in the App Store. Does not, today does not work with Exchange for Outlook. It's coming, but it doesn't work there as of right now, so just be aware of that. And what it really does is simply simplifies the process of scheduling meetings or appointments or connecting times with other people that are important to you in your business. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, if you're looking on Periscope, there is what it looks like. I downloaded it today to get a sense of how it worked. And and I man, I, I see all kinds of opportunities here. Now, there are some tools like that out there, I know, Miles, but tell me why you like this one. What, what, what got you interested in this particular piece of uh, software? Well, I think, you know, sometimes we have a tendency, especially um, when we get 
to um, these kinds of application, we can bring too much functionality into an app. We can have it set schedules. We can have it coordinate pop-ups on our website and sometimes maybe go out and make us lunch. What I like about Pitch is it's really simple. It just nails easily, effectively, and very, very productively how we get appointments set in each other's lives. It really just simply works. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at the homepage online, pick.co. It says, Pick uses intelligence to compare the calendars of all participants to surface times that works for everybody. So, you know, it's the typical thing. Hey, when do you want to get together? Well, let's check with John and see what his thing. So we're going back and forth. But it, I assume that means that somehow uh, my app has got to tie into some of the others. So do other people have to be using Pick to make that work? Yeah, when you, when you want to do it at that level. But remember that the key here is one of the key functionalities of PIC is they give you a URL, a cute little shortened URL, PIC.co slash Kelly, let's say. No, that's Whatever. right. That is my that is my URL. <laughs> and, and they type that in from their phone or they can even do it from their desktop. And they're going to see your calendar with all of the available slots. Right. 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 So that's pretty handy. So that by itself is great. And like you said, there's time trade and other apps out there that do that kind of thing. But what's really nice is the ability to do this, whether you're live right with them, but you can make your schedule available. You can share availability on Twitter. You can share that link on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever else you want to do it. And you can actually schedule those live on the go. The big piece here is this is really focused on a mobile professional. This is someone that's out in the field all day long. They never see the desk that they have at some point at home or at the office. They are in the field, on that phone, in their car, walking the streets, on the tramway, on the bus, wherever it might be. This is the ideal tool for them because it's quick, it's efficient, and it just works flawlessly. You, you have to look at this, Kelly, as, as kind of picture... What and, and many of us have multiple calendars. We might have a Google calendar, our Outlook calendar. We might have the calendar in our iPhone or whatever. Well, this is a level above. This is kind of a cloud that sits on top of all of your calendars. And as long as you sync those and make those available, it will take into account all of your calendars, not just one. Wow, now that's pretty spectacular because you're right. A lot of people do maintain a couple of calendars or they've got a shared calendar of some kind. So what you're suggesting is I can pull all, all those in there and it is really is giving me the time that I have available regardless of which one of those I'm looking at. Now, one of the things that I saw, maybe you've got some insight into this, is uh, I actually checked my schedule on this after I downloaded it to see how it worked. So if I had an appointment with you, Miles, from uh, 2 to 3 today, uh, I might be in one part of the city, but it's going to say I'm available at three. How, how do you build in like travel time and all that? Do you just have to do that on your master calendar and show that you would have to travel or are there some tricks that we need to know? Yeah, I mean, great question, Kelly. And I, I mean, personally, I, we all deal with that challenge, right? And so especially if like I go back to back to back if in an online, if I have a day that I'm at my desktop online, it's one right after the other. So I always add five minutes or in the case of a drive time, maybe 30 minutes to the front and or the back, and sometimes both, of every meeting that we do. And that's just kind of a general practice that I found works well, irregardless, right. because you won't set all of your meetings this way, right? And so there's times when maybe you have a, a virtual assistant or someone on your staff 
that's looking at your calendar. Maybe you have a shared calendar uh, from Google that maybe you have a team of people that are all looking at each other's calendars. So th that would not be addressed through PIC, right? right? So just a general rule of thumb based, again, on what your work environment's like. I add that buffer at the start, at the end, and sometimes both of those to make sure I have time. Sometimes, it's very honestly, it just gives me 15 minutes to run up and, and to grab a cup of coffee and, in some cases, lunch. Yeah, I, I really like this tool. I mean, I see it as a huge time saver. And I think there, again, there are some others that are out there. But now you've got, if you're an iPhone guy, I assume it's probably coming on the Android side as well. But if you're, if you're an iPhone guy, you've got it right there. You can pump it up and you can show people or you can send them that link. That's the cool part. And, and you know, the one thing that I see is uh, I, I've used another service. The link is uh, it's, it's like 700 characters long. You know, this one. Simple. Pick.co slash Kelly. That's it. Hey, go on and look at my calendar. Find something that looks good for you and sign up. I, I, and I suspect they're going to build in a lot more functionality as they go along. I mean, because I, I can see a lot of potential here. Absolutely, Kelly. And what you hit, the, hit on, though, very honestly, it's one of the reasons why I hope our listeners are taking action on the tools that we talk about. Because what you just said is really true for you. So the next person that wants to go in and use pick.co slash Kelly is not going to be able to do it. And sooner or later, pick, you know, pick.co slash Kelly Riggs or Kelly Riggs 72. Next thing you know, a year or two down the road, the next Kelly Riggs that wants to use this tool is going to have one of those long URLs. That's one of the early advantages of getting into these tools early. Even if you're not sure how much you're going to use it, it it's what I call claim your name. Go in and grab the URL, grab the shortener, and that way you'll have an easy-to-use name versus, like you said, pick.co slash Kelly Riggs Jr. the third ABC 1235572. Right. Yes, right. I mean, that's the challenge for people to come in a year or two from now on a tool like Pick as they, as they become popular. The same things happened on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, right? You're, a lot of people can't get their name, let's say, or even their company name as the handle or the URL on those social media platforms. Main reason why, they waited two or three years because they thought, well, I'm not sure this is going to take off. And in all that wisdom, they messed up because they lost out on grabbing and claiming their name, whether it's domain names or social media handles or tools like pick.co. That's why you get in early, you grab it, you lock it down, and then you figure out if it's something you're going to use or not. Well, if you're listening in the audience, i got to tell you, this is a tool you absolutely need to have in your arsenal. Take it from a guy who knows, having been down this road more times than I can even care to uh, admit to you, going back and forth, trying to figure out with a client or with a, a colleague, trying to get a time together to meet, well, my day doesn't work and your time doesn't work. Uh, you, you waste too much time on that nonsense. Plus, there are times when you're interacting with a potential prospect or client and you can send this and say, hey, pick the time that works for you and, and they will do it because it's so easy. They're sitting at their desk and if you're trying to do it any other way, uh, it's, it's just too much trouble. I'm too busy and we can move right ahead. I love this tool, Miles. I think this has really the opportunity and the capability to really make a difference. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Yeah, good stuff. This is the X's and O segment with Miles Austin. We do it every single week. Let me tell you where you find Miles at Fill the Funnel. Dot com And most of the tools that he talks about here 
you know, on BizLocker Radio, you'll find some kind of write-up there on Fill the Funnel, and there's a lot that we never talk about here. You're going to want to keep up with Miles. Miles is a fantastic teacher, a lot of great stuff coming out of his website, and follow him on Twitter, at Miles Austin. Hey, before we cut out, several weeks ago, we talked about a tool, and I just had Jeff Marcoux from Microsoft reference it, Unroll Me, Unroll.me, Unroll.me. What a fabulous tool. Of all the tools that you've talked about, Miles, that's the one that I get more comments from anybody on. Very much the case, and you hit on it in your conversation earlier on the show today. Email has become the number one time engager online uh, in, in our business day. And so anything we can do to speed up or to um, you know, make our time with email more productive is going to have a big impact on the bottom line results, and that's exactly what something like Unroll Me can have. Yeah, it's a fantastic tool. Hey, Miles, thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next week with Mike Kunkel. Fantastic. Take care. And it's good stuff. He is Miles Austin. FillTheFunnel.com. Find this tool, pick.co. Absolutely fantastic thing for you to have as a part of what you do. It's easy to schedule, man. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Special thanks to Jeff Marcoux, and thanks to all of you joining us here on Periscope, Jeff Marcoux from Microsoft. That was good stuff. Let me tell you one more time. Hey, if you want to get a fantastic book and add it to your library, I'll send you a hard copy. People buy you the real secret to what matters most in business from my guest of a few weeks ago, Jeb Blunt, salesgravy.com. And it is one of the really good books that I have read. And you can have a copy absolutely free. All you have to do is go to iTunes. You have to actually get on your iTunes, on your computer, and rate and review the show. Send me an email. I'll send you a copy of the book. Hey, that's going to do it for us. I'm Kelly Riggs. We do this every Monday, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific, and we'd love to have you join us. Next week, it's Mike Kunkel. Thanks to Miles Austin for joining us, as he always does on the X's and O's segment, and that's going to wrap it up for one more version, number 63, and we'll do it again next week right here on Biz Locker Radio. It's presented by the Business Locker Room. The Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.